to start recording. That's that's a common problem for me. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go back to that um, that ladder. So um, in in the book in Isaiah decoded, Avraham talks about uh, quite a few uh, different rungs on this ladder to heaven. And so I, I put these out here. It, this can all be found on the, that little bookmark from the Isaiah Institute. Um, but these are from, from God the Most High to uh, perdition where there's no return. Here's the different responsibilities on each rung of the ladder. And I find these very interesting. As we're moving forward and trying to identify where we're at on the ladder, where other people are at on the ladder, and um, how we might ascend, etc. So in perdition, those are those that orchestrate murders and evils in the world, and they are past a point of no return. Babylon, the idolaters and oppressors, are in bondage to sin, ripening in iniquity, and are the idolaters. Jacob slash Israel are believers in a God, but they're ambivalent about choosing the right. They are they who need to repent of their sins, but they have not entered into the covenants. Or if they have, they, they've fallen from those covenants. Zion slash Jerusalem category are the covenant people, those who have no desire to do evil, but to do good, whose sins Christ forgives. And then we have the son slash servant category, or the proxy saviors. And those are those who deliver others from danger of death, and they um, uh, bring in those that are dispersed back to Zion. The seraphim are the angelic emissaries, and they bring divine intervention accompanied by miracles, and they restore God's people. And, and we, we know Jehovah and, and the Most High God, but uh, Jehovah Jesus uh, is the King of Zion and provides spiritual salvation from sins and iniquities. And God the Most High is he who grants exaltation. So <clears throat> just kind of going through, through some of those, uh, a good question to, to just ask ourselves, where are you at? And uh, might it be possible that you're on uh, different levels, depending on uh, different aspects and, and areas of your life? Might I be on a Zion Jerusalem level on this category and a son slash servant on this level versus a Jacob slash Israel uh, in, in some aspects of my life? So just kind of uh, a brief throwing us into the, the, <laughs> the ladder to heaven here. But um, let's kind of start off from, from the beginning of the book and or from the beginning of the chapter and just kind of work our way through. Um, so what is the purpose of prophets in general? Why do we have scriptures and, and what do they help us to do? Just what's the purpose of a prophet? We know that they're shepherds, they're, they're watchmen on the tower, but what does that really mean for us? What do we learn here from, from this section, like on page 11, 12, um, that give us a better grasp on what a prophet's role is and how they are to work in our lives? Just kind of throwing that out there. It's a tall order. <laughs> I believe they're there to to help us to see God because they have seen God. They know the way and they're trying to help us to do that very thing. Mm -hmm. So from reading this chapter, is it possible to see God in, yes. in the flesh or even in the spirit world? Yes. 
so why do you think it's such a, a taboo topic nowadays to, to even think that way or talk that way? Why don't we just come out and say it? If these prophets are, are really doing that, why aren't they coming out and saying it uh, more clearly or um, uh, more, more openly that, that we can see God and, and here's the steps to do it? Because everything that we learn, we are accountable for. And many people are not ready to be accountable for that kind of information. And so it really is, um, it really is a, a blessing to them to not have it be clear. Because if it was clear and they were accountable and then they chose not to do something, then they would be judged for that. And, mm -hmm. and you know, the Lord is very generous with us and he really wants to give us every opportunity to be judged on what we know and what we're ready to know when we're ready to know it. And um, so I think that's one of the reasons why when the prophets talk, generally there's layers. So you have the surface layer that is what the world hears and what many members hear. But then as you ponder it and you read footnotes and you do some study, right? Then you get, um, as Elder Bradnar says, what are you hearing that's not being said? And, mm -hmm. and, and that point, the spirit can teach you and the spirit can guide and direct you on what to do. And because then you're ready. But if you're not ready for it, you're not accountable for it. It's the same reason that Christ taught in parables. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So Isaiah's purpose here is the same as all prophets, really, where we uh, have this opportunity, <clears throat> this divine commission, actually, to, to seek the face of the Lord. Yet it, it, it's very layered for, for that very purpose that, that, that you said. Um, is it possible for for anyone uh, here on the earth? And and I think that that's a resounding yes throughout this whole chapter. It's just depending upon which law you really want to live. And so um, it, it talks somewhat about like the the expectations and and etc. But um, uh, like on page 13, I love where it says that the ancients had no high-tech instruments, yet they saw God, conversed with him, and were blessed. And if you look at any of these ancient patriarchs, you know, we just studied the life of Abraham, how blessed he was for being faithful in all things. When, when tests came, that um, he was faithful and, and yielded fruitful full things for him. He advanced in learning and wisdom um, and and was able to, to then turn around and bless others through that. Um, El posts here that, uh, as I heard in a podcast, to prevent the chickens from molting. <laughs> yeah. So some people just aren't ready to hear the higher things. Like, like Nancy said, people just want to live on autopilot. They don't, they just want to check the boxes. And, and it said, well, if it was spoken clearly, you know, over the pulpit, it would frighten people. And he said it would make the chickens molt. <laughs> it would scare people. 
Yeah. So and I just love that terminology. I thought that's perfect because <laughs> some people only want the milk and they don't want the meat yet. Mm -hmm. They're not prepared for it. Yeah. So. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big chicken fan. I've got lots of new little baby chicks that I'm uh, watching over right now. It's fun to see them, but that molting imagery. <laughs> if you've never seen a hen molt before, it's it's a painful process. <laughs> she goes through some dramatic changes. It's funny. <laughs> um, yes. So, um, kind of going on onto page fourteen, I have a couple big exclamation points here. Um, it says that the mystery that Isaiah conceals and reveals in his book is the knowledge of God. And uh, later on in the next paragraph, that Isaiah interweaves predictions of the end of the world with teachings of the higher law. Uh, interesting, as, as Avraham talks about here in the beginning of the book about uh, gematria and how uh, these these scholars are, are trying to, to find a backroads into the, the higher law. They're trying to uh, find it within the, the lesser law, etc., by all of these other means. But if you would just go to the right source in the right prescribed way, they'd receive the higher law versus trying to find, put forth all of this extra effort and, and never coming to, to anything uh, of, of value. I, I think it's very interesting and, and telling of of us as, as a society of, or us as a world, uh, that we're, we're always trying to, to outsmart God or to, uh, to look beyond the mark. It's kind of a natural man response, but uh, he's, he's done a prescribed path, a prescribed way to come to meet him. And the prophets are, are openly telling us uh, what that is in the best language that um, they can, can use to um, reach every level where they're at kind of thing. So yes, I find it very interesting uh, going through this first chapter. I was not familiar with Isaiah at all before starting this book. And so learning about the different literary structures was, was eye-opening to me. Um, I'm a, a big fan of, of looking for, for chiasm and, and those, uh, chiastic structures through the Book of Mormon, uh, John Welch, and, and the discovery of that in the Book of Mormon, etc. Um, but I, I had no idea how masterful some of these Old Testament uh, prophets were. Uh, we just got done with uh, Daniel here in person, and uh, Daniel was an expert at, at chiastic structure as well. But Isaiah interweaves all of these different literary styles all on top of each other and it's just this big snowball of brilliance I, I can't even the amount of of stuff that we have discovered in Isaiah is probably only the tip of the iceberg there's probably tons more that we just haven't even opened our eyes to yet but uh, I, I find it just so intriguing to, to keep diving keep learning to um, keep uh, Isaiah's teachings alive and, and well, and, and I'm sure that um, there's many great and important things coming um, as we, we come to, to study those words. Um, but one of the major ones is, is there on page 18. So this was uh, originally found by Brownlee, um, uh, Dead Sea Scrolls, etc. Um, but Avraham um, took that and kind of ran with it in the 
figure six here with Isaiah seven part structure. So just kind of going through that really quick and, and taking a look at what that chiasm really reveals. Um, if you're not familiar with chiasms and, and things, I do have a YouTube uh, course on, on chiastic structure, et cetera. You're more than welcome to watch. But um, as we, we look at the fins of the chiasm and work our way down to the apex, the apex, uh, the center point of the chiastic structure is usually where the, the meat of it is. And so um, both of the fins mirror each other or are exact repeats of each other typically. And so as we look here, we have ruin and rebirth um, compared with disinheritance and inheritance. Um, as we are born, we inherit many things. And, and so there's those two different imageries uh, playing off each other very well. Then moving down the, the, the chiastic structure here, we have rebellion and compliance with disloyalty and loyalty. Um, compliance and loyalty go hand in hand. Um, and, and we'll see that as we uh, move throughout the chapters, how those really play into each other. Then we come to punishment and deliverance uh, compared with suffering and salvation. That salvation is um, a, a necessary part of that, that deliverance, uh, being saved and, and delivered. Then we come to the apex, which is the humiliation and exaltation cycle. Or, or pattern, whatever you want to call it. But um, I find that as I've uh, read through this book, this is like the principle that um, has stuck with me the most. This is huge. It was a game changer for me a couple months ago, uh, really diving into this and realizing how it's everywhere in our gospel, in our lives, throughout the Abraham book, that if you're just continuing on, you're on a straight path, and you're never going to get any blessings. It's kind of like Adam and Eve in the garden. Yeah, they're in a blessed state, but they knew no joy because they knew no uh, uh, pain or suffering. And so there's a necessary humiliation in order to exalt. Um, there's always a, a downward propulsion in order to, to raise us higher. And as we look at Isaiah's ladder of seven layers, every time that we ascend, there there's a necessarily... Um, humiliation phase or uh, a descent phase, as, as Avraham calls it, um, before we can exalt and, and perfect ourselves in, in that given thing uh, as we ascend the ladder. So let's kind of skip ahead to um, page 34 and talk about this topic before we uh, go back and, and read some more. So it says on page 34 that we determine our own level on the ladder. So is that true? Is, do we just, is it an easy process? What, what does it describe here in, in this section about determining our own level on the ladder? Because I'm a, a big proponent out of coming out of the Abraham uh, book club that, yeah, we, we definitely can seek trials. And so how does this play into it? How do we uh, determine our own level on the ladder? What, what say ye?
I think that just some of us just naturally want to just move up and it's a natural thing to want to improve and be closer to my heavenly father and make, make and keep more covenants. And this is a whole new thing for me. I've never read anything like this, but as I was listening to it, the, the humiliation part was big, really big for me. And it really gave me a lot of hope <laughs> for myself. <laughs> I feel like I've been eating humble pie every day, all day. <laughs> um, but I think, I think it's interesting at church for the most part, most of the lessons are just, it's kind of like uh, maybe junior high or high school where they have to teach it to the the dumbest kid in the class or they won't get it or they won't be able to keep up with it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think for people that seek, they want to move up that ladder. And um, I think, I think naturally people that love Heavenly Father want to move up the ladder. I think it's just part of loving Heavenly Father. They want to be better. Mm -hmm. This is my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's right where it comes down to the, the two great commandments, right? Um, if, if you do both of those, you naturally ascend the ladder, uh, step by step as, as you're ready. And, and as you are called to, to fulfill those missions, I like that. Um, I really liked in, in this section where he, uh, contrasts it to, um, uh, ascending like a corporate ladder. I believe that's in here, right? If not, it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he's he does talk about the corporate ladder and how that's like uh like the actually the opposite of this of his ladder. But yeah, he did talk about it. It's not about uh, vain, selfish ambitions, etc., but about loving God. And if you love God, you'll love your neighbor and want them to to ascend as well. And so it's just this perfect ministering pattern. Of, of all things, where um, if we are only reaching up with both of our hands to be lifted up, we're never going to, to rise. But as soon as we have one hand up and one hand down on the ladder, we're lifted up as we lift others. And um, anyway, it, it's a very interesting um, insight into the, the changes to ministering versus home and visiting teaching and and what we're really trying to achieve here uh, that natural goodness that that comes from genuine love for our, our fellow men as much as we love god and uh, yeah just like uh, you said that there's this humiliation and exaltation principle now and it's just like oh man this is why we have hard things uh isn't it in ether uh i i give unto men weakness that they may be humble and if they humble humiliate themselves before me then will i make their uh, weaknesses into strengths or, or something like that i'm not a scriptorian but um uh, along that same principle and and the more i read the scriptures and the conference talks etc it's all about humiliation before exaltation there's there's always that humiliation phase and we must bear our burdens well and we might not understand exactly what the things are but know that it's for our good just like our, our pattern from Abraham, that he, he went through how many humiliation phases and, and was able to, to ascend each time and, and, and get new 
uh, wisdom and, and knowledge. It, it'll be really interesting after we've read and uh, know uh, this structure a lot better to go back and apply it to Abraham's life and see when did he ascend to this level? What what kind of laws was he living to make it to this level, etc.? And how might we pattern our, our own lives after that? Because we determine our own level on the ladder, just as it says. I find that a very interesting principle. Cameron, there's a really great book. I'll have to share it in the section. It's yeah. called A Falling to Heaven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have you heard that? Yeah. I, I own it. It's a fabulous book. I started it, but I haven't finished it. But it's so good. It's the same principle. Mm -hmm. What is it yeah. called? It's called Falling, Falling to Heaven. I can't Falling remember the author. I'd have to go pull it off the bookshelf. But I'll post it to the group under the ladder to heaven <laughs> section. Awesome. Or I'll put it in the comments first. When I, I'll go pull it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to, to dive into that. Because before this Isaiah decoded, I had never really understood that principle, but but now I'm seeing it everywhere, and, and that book is going to open my eyes even more. I love it. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about our our heroes, our role models. So uh, on page twenty one, it has some persons that are named as role models. Here we have Abraham, Moses, and Hezekiah. So. Why, we talked about this in our Abraham uh, group as well, but why do we have prophets? What are their purpose? And why can't we just only look to Christ? Why do we have these other exemplars that we need to look to as well? Uh, what, what can be gained from studying the life of a prophet? Well, we're all going to have cer certain like apostles or prophets that kind of resonate with us. And um, either we love something that they did or question something or. Um, and we grow from example. It's just it's just a it's just the principle of example, I think. And then history, um, history repeats itself. So. Um, just as it was important that they have apostles then we have apostles and prophets now it's just the, it just it just keeps going it's a our, the gospels forever it just keeps going so yeah i think it's just an eternal principle and if we didn't have leaders what would we be you know what would we be and what would they have been without without abraham what would they have been or without moses um delivering his people from bondage where you know where would they have gone so um, Heavenly Father is always going to let people rise and we can either rise to that or, or not. And this is great for me because I've been wondering what's the next step? Like I feel like I'm, you know, I work and work and work at being spiritual and doing all the things, but then sometimes you don't feel like you're moving anywhere. Have you ever felt that way where you're just like, Oh my gosh, all the time. <laughs> okay. So now what's next, but this is like, actually, I don't know where this book's going to go. Cause I'm only on chapter one, but mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this might actually really be helpful to me. Cause I just to pick up the scriptures. I, I don't internalize them very well, unless it's put spit spoon fed to me. 
<laughs> so thanks for spoon feeding me, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how well I do that, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the same way. Uh, like I've tried even after uh, I went through Isaiah decoded and now I'm trying to go back through the actual words of Isaiah and I'm just like, oh my gosh, how did Abraham get all this? Because like, it's still so foreign to me. And, and I, I consider myself fairly well at, um, fairly well read with Old Testament culture, etc. And, and stuff. And I'm just like, man, this is deep. And, and I don't get half of it. But uh, I, there's, <laughs> that humiliation phase before the exaltation. I'm, I'm still <laughs> praying for that exaltation phase to happen. <laughs> do you think that? Do you think that Isaiah was just like so intelligent, like that he couldn't make it simple? Like how some very intellects can't just write things simply because they're just. Why did he make it so hard to read? I wonder. Like why couldn't he have made it more? Um, linear just like okay this is how it got like it's so layered and so like I wonder why if he was just such an intellect or, or spiritually intellectual that he couldn't just make it a little simpler for some of us that aren't <laughs> smart well it, it has to apply to not only his time but to the time of Christ and to our time and they're very similar and the things that are going to happen are very similar, but the specifics are different. And so because it's layered like that over and over and over again, I think that's one of the reasons he had to write it the way he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very interesting. I've heard it described with like the book of Revelation by John that because it's so mysterious or uh, lots of different levels etc that helped aid in its preservation so that it wasn't changed a lot i mean people can't really change doctrines that they don't necessarily understand throughout the the ages etc oh that makes a ton of sense to me that yeah, that yeah. really resonates with me mm -hmm. uh, you see other ones where i mean the book or the gospels just in general i mean how many things have been taken out and changed and um, just everything over time but maybe uh, some of those mysteries are are encoded that way so that they can be preserved who knows one of the things that i found um very helpful when it came to deciphering just isaiah when you're reading isaiah um is a lot of the imagery and a lot of the wording that he uses and everything it is it's kind of foreign to us and we're like well what would that look like right? We're very visual people. Um, the Isaiah Institute has seven different little vignettes. Have you seen them? They're little short videos that are 12 to 15 minutes long. And they're, the reading is passages from Isaiah and the videos are pictures from today that depict what they're talking about in the passages in Isaiah. So that you really, you're like, oh that's what he's talking about and once you watch those and you understand that then when you go back and you read Isaiah you have a point of reference you can go oh okay now this makes a lot more sense mm -hmm. so if you haven't um, seen the vignettes you can go to the Isaiah Institute website and um, 
they're they're right on one of the pull down menus you know the vignettes there's seven of them um they're really good yeah awesome thank you um and as we kind of progress through our our classes i'm going to try to do like little mini visualizing uh, areas uh, today we're kind of going to do a uh, history of the, the children of Israel and where Isaiah fits into the timeline kind of thing. Um, I did it at the front of the class on group A and it kind of went over like a, <laughs> I don't even know what's. Uh, they weren't ready for it yet. Well, no, it, it just, it, it, the beginning of class needed an icebreaker to keep people talking rather than just, <sighs> all right. <laughs> and so um, I, I'm going to kind of do that towards the end and we'll kind of see how that works. <laughs> Uh, group A, uh, they're so patient with me. They're kind of my guinea pigs with everything. But um, anyway, yeah, uh, as we go moving forward, I'm going to kind of bring in some of those more visualizing features so that we can kind of put ourselves in in Isaiah's time frame and uh, learn a little bit more uh, along with the, the flashcards that we'll talk about here in a minute. Cameron, in your um, chat, Els poses a question. Oh, yes. Um, another thought about prophets. Someone asked this question. There are no apostles and prophets in heaven or eternity. Why? Ooh, great question. Um, so there are apostles in, in the spirit world kind of thing. But um, as far as eternity, uh, there aren't because of the patriarchal order. Everything uh, turns back over to, to the family units, the the patriarch and matriarch of the families and and there's no need for the Melchizedek order anymore after that. That's what's been explained to me. I don't know if anybody else has anything to add or, or counteract that, but well, that's what I've thought. One of the jobs of prophets is to point us to Christ and to the Lord, right? When Once we're done with this life, we don't need someone else to point us to Christ and the Lord because we'll be there and we'll be able to interact with them. And, you know, so that that's, you know, the prophets have been saying for a long time, um, go to the Lord, go to the Lord. What does president Nelson say? Hear him, not hear me, hear him. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they want very much to point people to the Lord. And, but once we're there, once we're in the eternities, um, the Lord's going to be there and we don't have to have somebody else point us to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like Moses, I, I don't know where it's at, but uh, we're to God that all his people were prophets. Like mm -hmm. it, there's not going to be prophets as far as leaders, because we're all going to be there. <laughs> we're, we're all going to have seen him, etc. cetera. So um, it says, here is the answer that a friend shared. All the prophets turn their keys into Adam, and then he turns them into Christ to Adam on Diamond, three and a half years prior to his official return. Then Christ takes over the kingdom. Yes, very much so, as Christ is our, our only leader that, that we need to uh, be, be under. Because we'll have like the kings and queens principle that we'll talk about later on in Isaiah Decoded. But, but yeah, I, I love that. I hadn't really put the, the turning of the keys back and stuff in, in that same principle of uh, why there's no uh, apostles or prophets. Yeah, thank you. Um, so let's go, this principle that's on page 23. 
I just wanted to kind of get some discussion on there. It says that um, towards the top in the second paragraph, it says God puts people in relationships with each other so they can grow and attain their full stature. And my question is, is that true? And if so, when God places us in relationships, are they always equally yoked? What the ye? Well, I think our relationships can be our relationship with our parents, with our other relatives, with our siblings, and in many, and, and you're not usually equally yoked in that. So now with your spouse, sometimes you are, one spouse may be put with the other um, to help them become what they can be. Um, and and that, that can entail a myriad of things for both spouses, right? But if you have a if you have a spouse who is willing to put forth the work and effort to come closer to God and to remain close to God as they progress and move up, the other spouse has no choice. They have to move up or or leave, right? That you can only have a certain amount of space. And um, many times I think what happens is you have one spouse who comes up and the other one then is like brought up with the tide a little bit and it, until they're ready to move up. And you kind of do one of these kind of numbers with each other and, and, and where do you end up? Because you're, you're, both, um, you're both doing that and lifting one another, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, at that point, you might be close to equally yoked in some things, but in others, maybe not. And at certain times, one spouse may be way ahead of the other in some aspect and, and need to help lift and pull the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In all things in, in life, mm-hmm. this is kind yeah. of balancing act. And looking at it in the, the aspect that we as a church are uh, yoked to Christ and, and how that's definitely not equally yoked. We're, <laughs> man is nothing uh, as he most pulls of us. He pulls us along, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> carries us, throws us over his shoulders and carries it. Yeah. It, it's very interesting, this whole unequally yoked principle to me that I thought the goal was to always be equally yoked in all things, all the time, in order to have unity in Zion kind of a principle. But I, I find that that this really stands out to me that no, we're we're intentionally unequally yoked with people that are higher than us, so that we can be risen, like so that <laughs> that there's a hope for us, or else if we were just in any given circumstance, marriage, parents, child, everything. But if we were all on this basic dumb level nobody would know even how to rise that's why we're we're yoked to a prophet at any given time and that prophet helps us to to rise to the next level if if we're willing to uh to pattern our lives after their their teachings and insights etc and and so forth i mean we have many different examples of of this rising up and down the the ladder well, and they're they're yoked to us for saps, right? So that they can help lift us. Yeah. And, and in a good in a in a marriage, it really works well. And and one of the things that I've I've noticed is you know you have you have that that almost leapfrog effect 
you have one person here and they help pull the other person up and they gain some momentum and then move up a little bit and they help pull the other person up. And it, it happens in every aspect, in spirituality, in, um, in knowledge and emotional stability. And it just, in all of those things, if you're both striving and trying to work, you, that's how you're going to work. You're not going to come up like this. It's not going to happen. It's going to be this. (laughs) Well, and then there's another whole, um, thing. I teach a class about self-compassion and how hard it's so many people it's hard for them to love themselves and and and, you know and it does talk about that in here about how we're supposed to love god and ourselves but that's kind of like backing up first especially for people that didn't weren't raised had a hard upbringing had not a high functioning home how they don't have a lot of Mm self-love and they they don't even know how to love themselves and you almost have to back up and love God before you can even love yourself. You have, you know, people will decide, oh, I, you know, maybe there is a higher power because they don't, they don't even know how to love themselves before they can love anybody else. And then that, then loving each other, like loving your spouse. And it's like a whole, it's like, it is even that in itself is like a ladder. Like when I look at it, because the self-compassion class is like, it's intense learning to really love yourself. It's, yeah. it's a lot. A lot of us really don't care about <laughs> that much for ourselves. <laughs> but when we do find true love for ourselves, we have even more love for our Holy Father. Mm-hmm. And that to me has been really big. So I just wanted to share that. But I agree with Nancy about the, you're gonna, all, it's always gonna be, you know, like, I'm the pusher in our marriage. We push to the next level, but my husband's the calming one that calls me down and tells me everything's going to be fine and settles me when I'm not settled. And, you know, so, yeah. And I'm sure there are some things where he pushes you along, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think. (laughs) It happens. (laughs) Um, so going over to um kind of the the structures uh page 26 through 30 ish uh, 31 um where we have different scenarios playing out on, on different planes and here's where isaiah writing through the the direction of the the holy spirit really is so masterful. So Isaiah is writing about the things that he's experiencing or the the whole Old Testament kind of timeline here, but overlapped on top of that is the synchronous structure of the future where all of these things, uh, just like uh, Kathy was saying, that history repeats itself. And at the end times, we're going to experience everything over again in a very short amount of time, almost all at once, as it were, synchronously. Um, there's going to be where there was hundreds of years, if not centuries in between some of these uh, examples, uh, we're going to experience them in, in short order here. And then we have the, the domino fashion on page 31. But um, what kind of things have you seen already that, that's played out 
that were examples of, of previous events. Um, I know that that one's kind of a, a hard one to just kind of spitball without thinking of it ahead of time, but have we seen any of Isaiah's things play out already? And does that help us know where we're at on the timeline and what our, our roles are in, in our modern context, this latter part of the latter days, etc.? Uh, anyway, if anybody has any insight there, uh, feel free to share. That's a, a tough question, though. <laughs> well, on, with Moses and that big exodus out of Egypt, we've seen that with Brigham Young and the big exodus west with the early saints. Um, that might play out again. Mm. I don't know. I, probably. Oh, you do too, no. How many times have we talked about this? <laughs> She's trying not to uh, shock anybody who hasn't heard of it before. Um, I, I think one of the things, um, going back to Moses again, let's talk about Moses. He wanted to take Israel to see God, right? Mm -hmm. He was like, let's go. We're going. And they saw the thundering and the lightning and, you know, the quite the light show and they got scared and they said, um, no, no, how about you go up, you go, you go take care of it. Um, and you come tell and tell us what it is. We see president Nelson doing the same thing right now. He's like, let's go, go hear him, go and learn, be taught by the Lord, go and hear. And, and there are still very many members who are going um how about you go and find out and you come and tell me you know and and these are the members that say you know when i hear the prophet say this over the pulpit in general conference then i'll i'll be okay with this or or something they're not they're not seeking out the lord and going and we have the same thing happening today that happened in moses's time and That's you know moses came back and people were worshiping a golden calf right what are people worshiping now? What are our idols now? Our cars, our houses, our prestige, um, what neighborhood we live in, our sports teams, you know, all of those kinds of things. We are very much the children of Israel all over again. I totally agree. And I think it was the last conference, might have been the one before where one of the apostles basically said, we are in the times of Sodom and Gomorrah. Like we're, we're repeating it exactly right now. We are in those times. So there's one right there. Mm -hmm. um, and we are having the a separation, a definite separation, the wheat and the tear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing. So if that's any indicator that these, uh, we, we're talking kind of about the, the awful things that, that were happening in, in the Old Testament. So what about the, the great things? Look at all of these prophets. Look at young little Nephi. So his father was a prophet, able to see God, etc. And then he's coming out. I mean, I say little Nephi, but I mean, you know, <laughs> he's a little bit older. But I mean, young, I mean, I, he could easily be, be my age uh, and, and, being able to uh, learn these principles, 
receive dreams as he asks for them, receive the interpretation. I mean, these aren't like little things. These are, are huge. And, and he's showing us how to, to grow in learning and wisdom and, and, and stature and uh, favor with God. There's, there's so many different examples. If all of the bad things are playing out, so are all of the good things. And how comforting that is, like, oh, so I can ask and, and seek and knock and, and receive some of these things as well. And then you go back and, and look at any of our modern conference talks, and they're saying, yeah, <laughs> ask, seek, knock, and, and let's see what you get kind of thing. So I, I find it very interesting as we're being led by, by President Nelson currently that uh, many of you have seen uh, my compilation of um, President Nelson's talks through the, the 70s and 80s. And um, very interesting, his talks on law, divine laws, and, and what they yield and what he's learned from studying divine law. And it's like, oh, so he's playing out the old Israelite history as well and, and seeing that, okay, this level of Isaiah's ladder yields this blessing. This level yields this blessing. And, and here he's trying to help us. If there's anyone better to help lift us up this ladder, if we just follow him and uh, follow his footnotes, uh, uh, keep going along, like, oh man, the, the blessings are ours to, to have if we'll just do it. We're living much below our privileges just by not studying divine law. And so, um, I don't know, that's one of my goals is to become a spiritual lawyer and, and know the laws, uh, just like President Nelson has uh, spent his life uh, doing. Uh, anyway, it, it, it's very fun having, uh, having come to know and, and learn about President Nelson and his preparation, and then trying to pattern my life after that in order to uh, to ascend. So all of these things are playing out. I just didn't know what the structures, the ladders, the, the levels were called, but uh, seeing how that's all been playing out these, these past few years and how exciting it is, what's in the future? This is so fun. Isn't it fun to be in the last part of the latter days? Like, this is awesome. <laughs> it's well, you just know, fun oh. to me. Sorry, Nancy. It's just fun no, no, to me to have something positive to focus on. Yeah. And like just to completely immerse ourselves in that rather than all of the other junk going on. Like it's really been a saving grace for me just to immerse myself in the gospel. Because, <laughs> sorry, I have to. <laughs> because the re everything else <laughs> going on is making me, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, when the, when the prophet says that we live in the days that Nephi saw and all these other prophets saw and wished they could live through, right? Yeah. You have to stop and think, what did they see? And go back and read what they saw and go, oh, that's that's us. That's now. Wow. I didn't think it would look like this, but I can see that, right? We never think it's going to look like what it is. Um, I, I, I like one of the quotes. Um, one of the early prophets said that the the events of the last days will unfold in such a natural way that it will just seem like the natural consequence of things that are happening. And it will 
only those people who are watching and know the signs will recognize them for what they are and realize how close we are to the coming of Christ. Yeah, I love that because it really is like until last year, it, it snuck up on me. I was just like, oh, we're just we're degenerating, whatever. But no, no, I can can see it in a, in a broader picture like, oh. Those puzzle pieces are starting to fit in and you're starting to see what the what puzzle it is that we're building, right? And you're going, oh. <laughs> oh, I don't like this picture so much, but the end picture is going to be amazing. Well, you know, a lot of people focus on all the negatives that come along with the tribulations and the trials and things, right? Mm -hmm. But the Lord never gives you a ton of negative without compensatory right. positives. And so if they're really, really bad, think about the wonderful, glorious miracles we're going to have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why President Nelson, when he talked in his talk on Sunday morning session about faith, about the, the miracles and moving mountains, right? And he talked about moving mountains. People who have a higher level faith who have already been stretched by the Lord, they may be moving physical mountains. Other people, they need to be told, okay, you can move your emotional mountains. You can move your, your tiny little mountains in your life. And, and they need to take that step so they learn um, how to build the faith so they can get to that point. But that talk hits everybody on the spectrum. It is applicable to every single one of us, no matter how much faith we have. Look at this great stuff that's going to come if we have faith. Right. Yep, I love that. Uh, so uh, here on page 37, uh, this is kind of like the, the sum part of, of Isaiah decoded to me. It says that if people are going to be caught up into heaven, it will occur on the same principle as when persons in the past were caught up. And we can know how such things work. Uh, to ascend as they did, we must attain to a degree of righteousness resembling theirs. And so I, I hope that that's what we can all get out of this book and the study of Isaiah. Um, anytime that, that Christ or any of the, the prophets have, have pointed us towards Isaiah saying, study Isaiah. Like Isaiah was talking about the end times. He was prophesying ahead. Um, when he came to the, to the Book of Mormon people, it was still applicable then. Why? Because Isaiah teaches how to be caught up into heaven. And so as we're looking forward to <laughs> the rapture, whatever you want to call it, that we can experience, that, that we kind of have a playbook, and, and it's the scriptures. Uh, and specifically, Isaiah gives a, a great summary, if you will, summary is a <laughs> tongue-in-cheek term, but uh, uh, of how to, to do this, how to ascend. And, and if we learned anything from Abraham, he also gave us the, the same pattern and Enoch and all of these great patriarchs. Um, so real quick, I want to go through um, uh, kind of our, our homework or flashcard things that we're kind of studying, and then we'll pop in for, for final thoughts on this chapter one. So um, Isaiah Institute has these handy little flashcards of key concepts and, and things that may or may not be new, but um, uh, there's 150 of them. And so if we study 10 a week, uh, we can, can get through all of these. And it's not required or anything, but um, uh, I have uh, 
the first 10 I've put on the Learning Zion website. And um, also, I am putting them on my, my personal deck on, uh, on Chegg Prep. It's an app on iPhone and Android. And I'm just going to show you that real quick. Um, so just one second. Hey, Cameron, are those expensive to buy? That's a good question. I believe they're like $10. I'll look that up really oh, quick. I don't want to misquote them. So that whole deck? Yeah, it's yeah. They They actually yeah, have them bundled with books on the website. Mm -hmm. um as as little bundles that you can get the the book and the um cards oh yeah i really love the bookmarks etc the flashcards i don't know i went bonkers and, and bought a whole bunch because i'm so new to isaiah so i need like every help that i can get <laughs> but um you feel like they've really been helpful Oh man, to me, yes. As I'm studying these new terms and things in Isaiah, I found them very helpful. So with this class, I've created a, a deck on the Chegg Prep app. So um, uh, on Chegg Prep- How do you find that? What is uh, that? It okay. is an app just on your app store or Google Play. Um, uh, Chegg Prep flashcards, sometimes it's known by that. Um, and I'll share the link how to get to this specific deck here. Um, but anyway, once you click into the deck, um, you can practice all of the cards and they work just like flashcards. So it comes up with the one side, you tap it and it comes up with the, the definition on the back. And so you can say, oh, I got that. Or this one, I might've got it half right or whatever. And so you can click not quite, etc. And so once you go through all of these, um, it will come back and give you a score kind of thing so that you can just kind of keep memorizing. Um, but then you can go review all of the ones that you didn't get quite right and just view those. I mean, it's it works just like flashcards. I use this app all the time for all of my studies. And so it, I've put, I'm going to be putting 10 a week on here on my personal deck. And I'm going to share the, the link so that you can view those. If you don't um, have the money or... or, or have whatever to, to go in and buy the actual deck yourselves. This is only going to be available for this uh, book club kind of a thing, and I'm going to delete it after the book club's done. Um, but as we're going through, memorizing some of these key terms and concepts and, and how they're different. For example, um, let's see, what's the difference between a everlasting covenant, an unconditional covenant, and a conditional covenant? I found those flashcards very helpful this week as I was studying. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what Isaiah's delineating out for me and, and stuff. Anyway, I found the flashcards very helpful as I'm studying, uh, learning how to distinguish between the different concepts that Isaiah is trying to point out. Um, <clears throat> but again, not totally necessary, but I do have those that I will paste the link right now into um, the chat so that you can go and, and look at that app. And I'm posting those on the, the Learning Zion website as well, which I will copy as into the chat right now. Um, so anyway, those two links, if you, if you wanna go uh, check those out. Um, and then, yeah.
any final kind of thoughts and any questions, any housekeeping things that you'd like to, to talk about? Any, um, yeah, anything, just opening it up for whatever. <laughs> Where would we find your compilation of the prophet's talks? Oh, good question. So I have those on the Learning Zion website under my profile, or I can just email those to you. I'll, I'll send a link right now. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I, I've compiled them. Uh, not that this is, I'm not trying to get off subject, but uh, I first compiled them because uh, they, they, I wanted to have them read like scripture. Um, so let me just bring up a, a quick uh, version of those. Cameron, I did not know that was you that did that. I saw those yeah. on the group. <laughs> I had no idea that was you because I was like, wow, he is an overachiever. Like I was super impressed and I didn't even know that was you. Yeah. Was really cool. Back when I was shy and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna post these. And I wonder if I don't want to rock any boats or anything anyway, but now I'm, I'm totally out of my shyness. <laughs> That's before you ran all these groups and get to talk every week. <laughs> Yes, so um, I compiled it so it looks like scripture, and these are all of the talks of, of President Nelson. So it starts off, oh, this is second Nelson, sorry. Anyway, um, but it has all of the footnotes from the talks, and they're, they look just like scripture, but wide notes so that you can print it off and uh, make your own uh, studies off of them. Um, let me get down to like or one of the sections, one of the chapters. So like That's a chapter, uh, anyway, it looks just like our, our, our quad. Wow, that's so cool. But I've, I've done that with the 70s and the 80s and I'm working on the 90s now, but it's kind of slow because I'm kind of busy, but uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> You're kind of busy. Oh my gosh. I, I don't know how you accomplished everything you accomplished. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I, I get really off topic, right? I mean, you guys know me by now, but like family history work is, is kind of one of my main priorities right now and in this class. And then I got a new thing as I was going through fast and testimony meeting today. I'm like not expecting it at all. And then uh, the Lord was like, boom, this is your next step. And I'm like, oh my gosh, with what time? <laughs> How do I do that? But we're, we're going for it. It'll be fun. Now you've done that, you're going to have to tell us what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't really just give us half the story. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's not even fully developed in my brain yet. It's just going there. But um, has anyone ever seen the, the five level videos by Wired before? Where, for example, they have this brainiac on any given subject say music or, or, or whatever and so he teaches five different levels of people the same topic and at their learning level so um with the music one he's he's trying to teach a, a child how what harmony is and then he teaches a teenager what harmony is and then he teaches a college level student what harmony is and then he teaches a professional what harmony is and then he turns around and learns from like a master of harmony cool. what there is. And so they have these five different levels of discussion on any given topic. There's like Bitcoin or I mean, lots of different videos. But anyway, 
I, I haven't even watched those videos for like a year, year and a half, whatever. And so this is how I know it was revelation or whatever for me. Anyway, it was like, boom, here's that video in my head when, I mean, I'm in fast and testimony, meaning like it, there was no other way that I was thinking of that video. I, it wasn't even on the tip of my tongue or anything, but anyway, and it was just like, boom, there you go. And, and here's a, a few topics to, to do on. And I was like, Ooh, that's going to be fun. Cause I want to watch those. I <laughs> just now need to, to rub elbows with some brainiacs and, and find some people to, that want to do it. <laughs> that's anyway, awesome. I think it's going to be a really fun project, but I, I seriously don't know when it's going to happen, but it might be a year or two. From now. <laughs> anyway, uh, long story short, I'll cut that out of, of <laughs> this chat. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. Anything else on, on Isaiah <laughs> going back to that, that thing that we talked about an hour ago? <laughs> We didn't really discuss composites, did we? Oh, composites. Oh my gosh, we're already like way over time. Are, are we good for composites? Okay, so I find that this is actually the most important part of the entire chapter one and, and the book. If you don't understand composites, you're going to be lost throughout everything else. So let's quickly <laughs> talk about composites in our modern temples. So this is how it became real for me, uh, this idea of composites, but it might be different for you, whatever. Uh, this is just my own uh, journey with that. So composites, we have four different temple films, right? Uh, before COVID shut down, et cetera. Well, prior to 2019 when they changed the, the endowments. But anyway, four different um, temple films, and they each portrayed all of the characters in wildly different formats, right? So let's just take a look at Satan. Satan in film A, Michael Ballum, uh, overly dramatic and <laughs> theatrical Satan. And then we have film C, which is your best friend that beguiles you and, and, and sticks a knife in your back. Then you have film B, who's this sniveling little weasel Satan. And then you have film D, who's this monotone, frightening, crazy character. So which one is it? What does Satan actually look like? Well, he's all of them. They're just character caricatures amplifying one specific aspect of that person's character. So Isaiah uses this, like that's his whole point in all of these characters that he brings forward. He is trying to point us so that we can recognize the Antichrist and the end time servant and, and Christ himself. And, and so he uses these these evil people and and highlights their their worst features in order to to point us forward to the antichrist who will be a conglomeration or a composite of all of those people put together rolled into one and likewise all of the scenarios are composites so what we learn from the exodus is just one part of the end time scenario what we learn from Abraham's life is just one part of the scenario, etc. And so this idea of composites is really intriguing as we really study uh, Isaiah's words and this ascension on the ladder as we uh, put all of the pieces together and, and overlap them, we start seeing things quite differently. Um, 
it's like using different uh, lenses. I don't even know why. I, I brought these out just kind of playing with them, but they're my, my rose-colored glasses that I like to put on. So <laughs> when you're looking at scriptures, often you're looking at them just with your normal eyes, and then you put on a different set of lenses and look at it from one way. You, you put on uh, your Mickey Mouse glasses from, from another point of view, and then you put on your, your Urim and Thummim glasses that have little creepy eyes on them, and, and you see <laughs> everything even in a different <laughs> and, and once you put all of them together as composite images, then you get like this crazy mind-blowing picture of, oh my gosh, the Antichrist is really going to beguile people and yet be the worst thing that's ever happened. And, and on the opposite side, the, the end time servant is going to be missed by many people, yet be the most instrumental figure of turning hearts to, to our Savior and, and saving us in the end. So many fun things to, to look at with the ideas of composites. Sorry that we went over so much time, but I, uh, <laughs> I can't believe I, I skipped over composites. Uh, that's one of the most important features that, that Avraham discusses in his book to help us understand Isaiah and the use of his characters, etc. Where is it that he talks about that? Um, let's see. We have it. It's toward the end of the chapter here. It's just a, a quick little introduction to it, and then it, it starts doing that in a future chapter. Um, Hey, uh, Cameron. Uh-huh, yes. I, oh, it's on page 33, sorry. Um, am I on mute? I'm not on mute. Yeah, I um, can. You can hear me, okay. So when you are saying these composites, are you saying that Av Abraham, however you pronounce his name, uses the composites to describe the characters that Isaiah uses or Isaiah uses the composites? Isaiah uses the composites. Avraham's just kind of interpreting uh, what Isaiah is saying and amplifying it or making it clearer for us. But no, it's very much Isaiah. That's okay. The king of Assyria, the king of Babylon, etc., as composites oh. for this uh, Antichrist, etc. Oh, I see. Because I listened to that uh, first chapter. You know, it's like out there, um, kind of like I need to re listen and I actually mm -hmm. need to get the book and read it. So it's like a little more solidified but now i i see what you're saying so when he's talking about these different kings he's it's kind of like what you were saying about the um four different films using satan their different characteristics or attributes is that what you're saying mm -hmm. they yeah. kind of combining those together compositing uh like uh okay i didn't quite understand Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and it'll it, it'll explain it more. I think it's in chapter. It might be chapter two, but it might be chapter three, where he really dives into composites a little bit more and and talking about those. Okay. Um, but yeah, and also the uh, Book of Mormon Prophecy podcast is by Avraham, and he goes through um, the Isaiah chapters in the Book of Mormon. Um, those are very helpful if anyone wants to listen to those. Um, uh, kind of those deal a lot with composites and, and the Antichrist and Davidic servant, etc. Okay. Oh, I didn't catch that. Do you have that on your website? It's called the Book of Mormon Prophecy, and that's uh -huh. in 
podcast that's Abraham's. Yeah. Um, let me copy a link to it really quick. Share. I wonder if your um your learning Zion group can pop up much easier so I don't have to, you know, type in my information each time. Does anybody know how to do that? Because I'm lazy. It's like at opening a door and then a drawer and then another door to put the garbage <laughs> away. I just want to pull and dump. And so if I have to type in all this stuff, I find myself not going to it very often. For sure. So are I mean, are you looking at it on like a, a phone or a device or on your computer? Yeah, on the phone. Uh, yeah. yeah. So um, I can show you uh, after we're, we're done here how to add it to your home screen. And that okay. way it's just a one click thing and it opens right up. And okay. it should save your your password. You shouldn't all. You should only have to type it in like once a month or so. But okay, I would love your help after. So I didn't mean to interrupt the rest of this oh. conversation. Yeah, you're totally okay. good. I'm just looking how to copy this this link for. I, yeah, I might put the Book of Mormon Prophecy podcast on the Learning Zion site because I'm I can't get it okay. right now. Like oh, there it goes. Copy okay. link here it is in the chat. That's the the Book of Mormon Prophecy podcast. Very helpful. Okay. But yeah, anything else, any questions or comments or, or whatever, uh, make sure to, to invite anyone that, that you want to, to, to these sessions. Um, you know, we're, we're running them a little bit different than, than we did in the past with, with Abraham that, yeah, invite anyone and they they will be available as, as private links on, on YouTube that if you miss a class, we can go back and, and view those. But yeah, if, if nothing else, we'll we'll kind of disband from from there. Anyone that wants to stay after and, and look how to to add that to your home screen uh, for for a phone, um, we can go ahead and do that. But but yeah, thanks everyone. Thank <laughs> you. Yep. All right. So, um, Katrina, what kind of phone do you have? Is it Apple? I have an or Android? Apple. Okay. Uh -huh. I have an Apple. So. So yeah, I'm just pulling up my phone again. I'm okay. so technologically disabled and I live alone and I feel like I'm, ugh, you know, <laughs> just don't do what I could possibly be doing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat most of the time. All right, so you go to the website, uh, learningzion.com and log in. Okay, so I'm then, just gonna go Hang on just a second. Do you mind waiting for me to do this? You're totally good. All right. So I'm going to. And this can be done with any website. It doesn't just have to be Learning Zion. LearningZion.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, oops, didn't pop up. Hang on a second. Yeah, you're good. Okay, there we go. I'm just slow.
Okay, I'm in learning Zion. <laughs> that took me a long time. No, you're good. All right, so at the bottom of your screen on most iPhones, it kind of depends what version you have, but there's a share button, which is a box with an upward arrow coming out of it. Yeah, okay. So I click on that, okay. and then I'm gonna scroll down and find a button that says add to home screen. So there's an add to favorites, add to home screen. Huh. Mm -hmm. Click on you that. Click add, yeah, add to home screen, and then you're going to rename it to whatever you want. Um, so like mine, I'm just going to type it learning Zion. Oh, where do I type? Uh -huh. So did you click add to home screen? Yeah, and then oh. it says. It has a whole bunch a of gibberish there. In a top in the top line with a circle with an X to the far right, is that where I type in what I want to say? Uh huh. Yeah. So you can click on that X and it'll delete everything that's on that line, so okay. that you can retype your your new stuff. Oh, and so, I just name it whatever I want. Yeah. So you know, if you want to just name it LZ for Learning Zion, or if you want to type out Learning Zion. Okay. And I don't have to type that whole thing in each time, do I? Or no, that's what you're only having to type it in this one time and then it'll be done. And then I hit done, correct? Uh -huh, yeah, so it'll have an add up in the upper right hand corner. You click add and now it's an icon on your screen. Okay, let's see. An icon will be added to your home screen so you can click it. Oh, let's see. Add. Okay, I hit add, but then I don't know when it's going to happen. Uh -huh, it should pop right back to your screen. What are you viewing right now? I wish for some reason my computer's not showing me. You can't see me, right? No, I can't. I don't know why. I was going to turn this over so you could see it. So right now it just says an icon will be added to your home screen so you can quickly access this website. Okay. And then I just hit done. Um, there should be an add button that's in blue, ADD. Okay, hit add. Uh -huh. Now what? Does it go to your home screen or what does it do after you click that? Now it says cancel add to home screen add. It didn't do anything. It didn't change anything. I just, that add button's still there and nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, try. Oh, oh, okay. Now it's a little, uh, it's a little square on my phone, just like my, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Duck, duck, go, and okay. Now, uh, when you click it, then it just goes right to that website and logs you in. Oh, that's awesome! I don't have to re mm -hmm. um, do it, anything. It may right. have you. It may sign you out every month or so, and then you have to re-enter your password. But but it should keep it, it it most of the time. I've never actually had it log me out, but some people said that it does every once in a while. Oh, I'm so happy to know that. That's brilliant. Yep. And you can do that with any website. So like our reverse indexing or anything like that. I've got lots of, if you look on the screen, I've got all of my different ones here. Uh, the uh, the geo hint records, the, the reverse indexing. I do a lot with family history work. And, and so it's really handy to just pull that up. So I don't have to type in that really long website and I can just go in and, and do the reverse indexing or go to the Learning Zion website, et cetera. Ah, cool. 
Okay. That's great. Okay. Yeah. And then is the, and then your, the podcast for the Book of Mormon podcast is, uh, is in there, right? Uh -huh, and all of and all of your, when I go to this, what I, we just did, all of your chiasmus classes, right? And the Abraham classes are all on there, right? Uh-huh, yes. Uh, I'm feeling really grateful right now, like hugely <laughs> grateful. This is like, you just made it easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to keep track of everything and having to re-enter stuff. I, I wish yes. my things were that simple. <laughs> okay, and you just sent me the the um, institute. Okay, mm -hmm. and is that? Can I stick that in the same thing? How uh -huh. So that's going to be in your podcast app. Um, so if you click right on there, it'll go there, and you can just start listening to the that podcast. Okay. I think I get what you mean. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Oh yeah. Now it's downloading it. Okay. And then it will be part of one of the many podcast books. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm sorry that your time, I'm sure you need to go to bed and have a lot of other things to do. And so does other people. No, not at all. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. really, I mean, I hope you just go to the celestial kingdom just for that. Like you just helped my me in my life. Like a whole lot. Yeah, that's all it took, right? That would be awesome. Maybe that's extreme, but you know, yeah. I'm really grateful. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you ever have any questions, anything, it doesn't even have to be religion based. If you need help with technology in any way, just give me a text and I'll I'll try to probably work out ought to drive up to Idaho. <laughs> no. I need to do some some computer basics or phone fun things, tips how to use your iPhone better okay and classes yeah if you're like you're turning into i mean you don't need a life you don't need to go to sleep or anything <laughs> yeah. okay thank you so much i'm really grateful for sure and i'm looking forward to this next class so thank you it's be fun all um, right have a good night okay. have a good night thank you